Hey, Tim here, host of the Invisible Condition podcast, a show where we talk about unusually normal things. Well, today's episode is extra special to me. Today, I'm joined by my niece, Jenna. She's in grade 12 and a fierce advocate for bringing visibility to invisible conditions. She was diagnosed at the age of three. And can you imagine, well, at the age of three, not really knowing what's going on, but spending a lot of time in doctors' appointments, hospital visits, getting needles constantly, testing your blood. Not only that, her brother also lives with type 1 diabetes. Now, Jenna shares authentically and vulnerably in this episode. She shares about her hope for the future students who are living with invisible conditions and bringing visibility to society and the workplace. She also shares a story that, well, really touches my heart. Imagine being told that your invisible condition isn't invisible because someone can see a mark on your body. Well, Some people, like me, may have lost their cool or lost their temper, but not Jenna. In this episode, you will, honestly, you will be encouraged and to embrace who you are. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed the conversation with my wonderful niece, Jenna. Jenna, I'm so excited to have you on the Invisible Condition podcast. Uh, I've known you since, well, geez, since you were born. Um, I saw you, I've been watching you grow into this uh, amazing human and this amazing advocate. Uh, You live with type 1 diabetes, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today, but we're also going to talk about advocacy because I know you are an outspoken advocate in your school. So, I wanted to start off by asking um, a little bit about your journey of diagnosis. So can you share just a short summary or the timeline? Um, and what do you remember? I know you were really young when you were diagnosed, but what has even your mom filled, filled you in in that time when you're being diagnosed? Uh, yeah. So I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was three years old. Um, I don't remember much about this time, but I do know that I was being raised by a single mom who took my brother and sister and I to the Children's Hospital down in Vancouver, where a family was willing to take us in for the three weeks that we were down there. Wow. So three years old. Um, Has your mom, my sister, (laughs) shared anything about that time with you about like, what was she experiencing through that time? Um, I know it was very overwhelming for her, um, having this happen to her daughter. She was very overwhelmed. Yeah. And so I'm curious, you don't remember because you were three, but how did, how did your mom know that there was something going on? Uh, well, we actually went to the doctor to see if my older sister was diabetic because she was showing the signs and we knew these signs because my biological dad is diabetic. So we went in to get Ari checked out and she was negative on all counts and I was positive. And then Caleb, my younger brother, was antibodies positive. 
So he was bound to get it at some point. Wow. And so you've been living with this diagnosis um, since you were three. How old are you now? I am 17. Yeah, I, I knew that. I was just testing you to see if you knew. Uh, uh, so 17. So you've been living with this diagnosis um, for an incredible amount of time. And what are some of the biggest challenges for managing your diabetes, just from your perspective? Um, for me, it would be managing your sugar levels when growing and when you're sick, because everything in life can throw your sugar levels off balance. And just trying to keep on top of them when you are going through an illness. Um, also, having people understand the highs and lows that a diabetic will go through and understanding that when our sugar levels are high or low, our brain isn't getting the oxygen that it needs to survive. And lastly, not letting your diabetes define you or hold you back. And for me, this is one that I have struggled with lots. And I have often let my diabetes be the main decision-making tool that I would use. And it has taken a while to realize that it is a part of me, but not who I really am. It doesn't define me. I love that. It doesn't define you. And that is one of the central messages of invisible condition is uh, our conditions don't define us. And it's easier said than done, especially when you know that if you're going to go do something, maybe a physical activity or go do something that is, it might cause your sugars to go out of balance. How do you, how do you juggle that? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that and overcome that? Because I know for me, it's easy to say it doesn't define me. My Crohn's doesn't define me, but I need to know where all the washrooms are in my walk around uh, our neighborhood. So I'm curious, how did you overcome that? Or how are you overcoming this? Um, It has taken a while, but I have been so blessed to have this family that I do have. And they have been with me through it all. And they have helped me realize that I have people there for me to help me through these struggles. I also turn to music. That is what gets me through those hard days and overcome things, the stuff that I go through. So for me, having a day to myself with my music is what I need to realize that I have people there for me and that I am not alone going through these struggles. Thanks for sharing that. And that's a vulnerable share. And that's uh, one thing I really appreciate about you is you don't hold back and you're not afraid to share. And um, I'm curious, my my brain went off in like three different directions right there. I'm curious, what what music? Is is there a specific song right now or a specific artist that you are gravitating towards? Um, I listen to lots of the Christian music and One of my favorites is Perfectly Loved, and it talks about how it's about that 
we're not a problem in this world that God made us and he loves us for who we are. And we're not a mistake. He put us here for a purpose. Hmm. Oh man, that's, it's going to choke me up. I love that. Perfectly loved. And, and when we think of our invisible conditions, you know, I often define it as this is my normal. This is, this is how I live my life. Um, and some days it's easy to say it's not going to hold me back. A day like today when we're recording, uh, I'm feeling the opposite of that. But if we just look to the people that are surrounded, surrounding us, maybe we don't have, maybe you're listening and you don't have that circle of people. Well, I'm here. I'm, I'm here to listen and I'm here to connect with you because you are perfectly loved as you are. Thanks for sharing that. I know we a little bit off script and and I appreciate you you uh, supporting me with that. And here's another off script question that popped in my mind. And you're 17 years old. You said that you've learned um, to not let your diabetes dictate or define who you are and hold you back. You are also a volunteer firefighter. Yeah. And that to me is just wild. And so how did you reconcile that decision of, of this is something you want to do and you live with diabetes? Um, well, so my sister is actually the one who got me started. And when she joined, I didn't want to because I didn't figure that my diabetes would handle so when I turned 16, I started thinking more and more about it. And the one day before I was going down to practice, I went for a walk and I prayed. And after praying, I realized that I wanted to try it and I wanted to see what would happen. So I went to that practice and I laid out all of my medical stuff. And they were willing to be there for me. And they are willing to help me through this. And they realize that I am a diabetic and that there are times where I physically can't be there or go on a call. But when I am there, they are looking out for me and reminding me that my diabetes does not have to hold me back. Wow. And for those who are listening, maybe you're in the workplace, maybe you are afraid to share your story. Uh, I just want to encourage you and, and say, well, you don't necessarily need to tell your story, but if you're feeling that call, that burning desire that you want to share with your colleagues, or you need to share with your, your workplace, or you want to share with your friends or your school, maybe you're a student listening to this. Uh, more often than not, the way this group of firefighters reacted to Jenna is, is how people react. There are people who don't react that way. Don't get me wrong, but stepping out in that faith of going, Hey, here's what I can do. Here's my limitations. And here's the value I can bring. The people around you just accepted you. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. They accepted you for who you are. And you know, something that, um, I've admired about you and through your whole high school journey and even in your elementary side, uh, elementary school is just bringing awareness. Uh, we're recording this uh, and it's uh, 
Diabetes Awareness Month, but maybe you're listening to this in a different month. So this is in, in November when we're raising awareness for um, a variety of invisible conditions. One thing that you do is you are passionate about spreading awareness. Talk to me about that. Like, what are you doing to to not just spread awareness, but why? Why is this important? Um, so, in elementary, um, I often felt set apart. So, I started doing assemblies with the grade I was in. And then, as I got older with more, including more of the school and the teachers and my peers and the sports staff, just so that they can understand what it is that I go through every day on a daily basis so that they have a better understanding of how they can help. And to me, I feel as though this is important because this is who I am and who I will always be. And if they can have an understanding of what it is so that they can better help me, I feel more accepted and I feel like they can understand why I act the way I do sometimes when my sugars are not in the correct range. Would you be able to tell me a little bit more about what that word accepted? You know, it's important to spread awareness, to feel accepted and, um, what does it, I guess, what does it feel like to feel accepted versus not accepted, especially when it comes to invisible conditions? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, like, being accepted means for invisible conditions, just people understanding that you are a little different than they are, and you have to do certain things to keep you, yourself alive. And I'm just understanding this and taking you for who you are and not trying to change you or exclude you. Um, To me, that would be um, accepting for a person with an invisible condition. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for that. And I know what are you doing right now? So you are grade 12, you're working on a project. I know this because um, you've shared your project with me and, and so I'm going to support you as much as I can and in ways I can. Um, what are you working on in your capstone project for grade so 12? So my capstone project is about bringing awareness to um, the invisible conditions that are out there so that I can put a face to the invisible conditions, so it's not just these big words that people see, that they see a face and that they can understand that there are people who are affected by this on a daily basis. This way, they can understand what it is like for those people and how they can better help them and accept them for who they are, and that these people didn't choose to have an invisible condition. They didn't ask for it, they didn't want it, but it's who they are. And um, I wanna spread awareness by doing this capstone so that people can understand that they can accept these people for who they are, because this is who they will always be. 
Mm. It ties nicely right back to what you said at the beginning is it doesn't define us. It's just who we are. And uh, have you have you had any conversations with people or have like had to maybe argue with people about your invisible condition, your diabetes, and that it's real and that it has an impact and and uh, and it does affect uh, your life. Yes, I've had it where I was doing a project and my sugar levels kept going higher and higher. So, and when I went to talk to the main person, they didn't quite grasp grasp the fact that. Because my sugars were high, my brain wasn't functioning. And therefore, I couldn't finish this project right now. Hmm. And they compared me to the other people, saying that everyone has days like that. And when I went to talk to them about it later, about how it bugged me, they said, but it's not invisible. I can see your sights in your legs and arms. And... That's only a small part of what diabetes is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is such a small part. You know, I don't know what it's like to live with diabetes. Um, I, I have no clue. But the power in your words of saying, hey, it affects the oxygen going to my brain. It affects the way I think. And to be in a classroom and knowing that self-awareness, because living with an invisible condition, you learn self-awareness very, very quickly and what's uh, what's triggering and what's not. And if you know you're not feeling yourself, and to have somebody say, it's not invisible, everyone has bad days or days like this. I think I would have like flipped tables and, uh, and, you know, been very angry, but you approached it with calm and grace. Um, wow. That's, uh, that's, a, that's amazing. I, I don't know what else to say about that. It's just to have that level of self-awareness is, is pretty phenomenal. And, you know, you're graduating grade, grade 12 and what, what is your hope after grade 12? Where are you, going to work or are you going to university or you don't know yet so like what's uh what's what's your plan um, at this time i'm wanting to go into a career that helps younger kids like because i really am passionate about younger kids like little kids and helping them succeed through life so i want to do something that's involved little kids and helping them succeed in their life and showing them that Mm -hmm. they can be who they want to be. So it really ties in with your advocacy of even your, your project, the way you've lived your life is, Hey, this is who you can be. And, you know, when you think about graduating high school, and I know you're in the medical system here in British Columbia, Canada, where you're still involved in Children's Hospital, and you're going to be graduating out of that soon. And what comes up for you when you know that you're going to, you know, quote unquote, have to become an adult and navigate everything on your own? Like, what comes when you hear that? How are you feeling about that? And scared. I mean, it's 
a lot of pressure. Yeah. Trying to navigate through not just life, but life as a diabetic and doing things to keep yourself alive every day where everything affects it. So when I graduate and start coming out of the children's hospital, there's a lot of pressure that I'm feeling. I can imagine, I feel the emotion and I hear the emotion in your voice in that. Um, but I know that you know you've got an amazing support system and because you are outspoken and you're an advocate, that's going to carry with you through whatever schooling you do and wherever you land in your in your life and never lose, lose sight of that. Um, Maybe that's just me putting on my uncle hat right now, but you know, never lose that uh, that determination and drive to drive awareness. I was reading a post about disability or about diabetes and just about how you know too much insulin can kill you, not enough insulin can kill you, and it's just the right amount is how your body survives. And just putting it in that perspective um, was wild to me, and how when we navigate these things that are invisible, even though you see a sight, oh, I see your sight, it's not invisible. Well, what goes in that sight is um, what keeps me alive. That's just crazy to think about. And so as you are heading off into finishing grade 12, what is your vision for the future when it comes to invisible conditions or just in general? What's, what, is your, what is your hope and your vision? I want people to understand how everyone has a different life and everyone has different struggles. And I want all the other diabetics to realize that you can do what you want to do. And just because you're diabetic doesn't mean you have to create boundaries for yourself. And I want to keep spreading awareness about this, to keep reminding people that this is who we were made to be, and it does not hold us back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't hold us back. That's absolutely true. So with that, Jenna, you know, I love that. I love your vision for the future. Um, a place where we can share who we are, a place where you know we can be our true authentic selves, um, where we're not afraid to embrace our normal. And that's powerful. And how would you encourage others? You know, you're pretty outspoken in your story. How do you how, how do you want to encourage others to to step into embracing their invisible mm-hmm. condition and to share? really know like for me I've not always been sharing who I am I've always I've been a part of a class who asks questions and they ask questions about everything and so they kind of created that in me the sharing my story and who I am and like encouraging people, I want to encourage people to when someone asks, 
don't climb up and hide this part of you because it's a big part of you to answer these questions because this is what will show people that what you go through is real and it affects your everyday life. It's real and affects your everyday life. That's, that's perfect. And a thought swirling around my brain today is uh, when we ask questions and people are sharing, they might be sharing some very personal and vulnerable things. And how we react, whether it is our words or even our facial cues, uh, has an impact. And so for me, I was sharing once uh, many years ago, somebody had asked me what was going on and I was sharing, I just came out of the hospital and I was sharing and they asked me some more details. So I shared a bit more and then they had this look of disgust on their face and they're like, that's way too much information and walked away. And after that, I shut down. Even though it was one person, it had an impact on me and it still has an impact on me because I ask myself, are they asking how I'm doing or what's going on because they care or do they... Why do they want to know this information? But as we're building out Invisible Condition and as you're going through your capstone project, man, it is so, so important that if if you genuinely care, uh, ask. And if you don't like what you're hearing, just tell that little voice inside your mind just to, you know, you still got to care. You still, you asked, so smile. Um, lean in, get curious. But I would also say, if you aren't curious about what someone is living with, um, I've got a whole lot of words for you. But you know, we'll keep it uh, keep it polite on the podcast. Um, don't even ask. If somebody's missing school and you don't care why, don't ask. If you don't care why somebody, as in Jenna is in your case, you know, couldn't do your, your work because uh, your sugars were, were, were way too high. Um, if you genuinely don't care, then just don't ask. But what kind of society would that be, right? I see you nodding. That would just be a terrible society to live in. So I, I encourage anybody and everybody to, who's listening to, if you feel that urge to share your story, um, embrace it and share it. The outgoing of support will, will be there. And, you know, as we wrap up, Jenna, um, I know for your project, there's a lot of importance behind it. And, you know, you could have chosen so many different ideas for ending your grade 12 year. Um, what, what would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of uh, providing them hope or providing them uh, with some encouragement. Do you have any any final things you'd like to share? Just being who you are and, you know, not like the world will always have their opinion. They will always state their opinions and their concerns. But just realizing that this is who you are and you don't have to change yourself just because someone says you have to. Well, I couldn't have said it any better, Jenna. Um, you don't have to change who you are because somebody's asked you to. You don't have to be 
that solution for someone else's ignorance. But what we can do is we can educate, we can share our stories and be like Jenna and be a fierce advocate for bringing visibility to invisible conditions and um, become a volunteer firefighter. I just love that. So cool uh, that, uh, that you've, you've embraced that. Jenna, uh, it's such a pleasure to record with you finally and to hear your story and to hear your vulnerability. Uh, you are a powerful, powerful person with a powerful voice, and it's just such a gift that you've been given. And I'm truly honored and, and proud to be your uncle. And, uh, and so thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And so to those who are listening, if, if Jenna's story resonates with you, maybe you or you live with an invisible condition or you know somebody who does and you want to know more, get authentically curious. Head to my website, invisiblecondition.com. I've got an article on how you can become invisible, sorry, how you can become authentically curious. So head there, have a read. And as always, if you're listening to this, um, what helps me is if you subscribe to the podcast, if you like this episode, if you share it out, uh, then that way we have more reach and encourage more people to, to lean into what makes them their normal. So with that, 